Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. I want to read you a rescue story, a Good Friday story. Even before God made the world, He planned for Easter that we celebrate this weekend. You see, God had designed to make a beautiful family, and and in that, He created His first kids, Adam and Eve, and He gave them this plush garden paradise to live in and do life in, and He would walk with them, and He would talk with them, and do real life together with them every single day. It was always His plan. But the enemy brought in this lie that they bought into, that they chose, and God's perfect world was broken by the entrance of sin. But God made the best promise ever. He said, I'm going to send a rescuer to go down there and rescue my people, bring them back into my family, adopt them back as my kids, my sons and daughters, vanquish sin and death forever and turn it back into all that I ever designed it to be while finishing death, finishing sin, finishing the enemy. But the rescue plan would cost Jesus his life. So thousands of years of prophecy and along comes what we celebrate as Christmas Boots on the ground. The rescue plan has has feet all of a sudden. And something's changing. So Jesus becomes one of us to save all of us. And he gets us because he walked this earth as a human being. He gets us and he understands our struggles. He's for us. That's why he came. He helps us. It's why when he did leave... Because we know Easter Sunday happened, He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. And long before that Friday that we celebrate on this Friday, Jesus knew that He would die for us. Whips and thorns and nails would hurt Him terribly. But the thing that would hurt the most would be that He would take on the sins of all mankind, past, present, and moving forward into this day and and every day that will come. He would take on all the sins of mankind onto Himself, in His soul, in His his body. And the, the wrath that God had against sin would then be laid upon Jesus. So the thorns and the nails... and. And the whips and the, and the beatings hurt, but that was almost unbearable. Jesus had always been closer than close to the Father. And He knew when I take on the sin of mankind, He turns His back on me because I become sin. On the cross, Jesus would be separated from the Father for the first time. Never knew what that would be like. So the night before Jesus goes to the cross, his heart was broken. 
And, and we, we know the, the garden scene, if, if you've read the story, and he, he falls to his knees. Is there any other way to rescue your children, Father? But there wasn't. So Jesus says, it's not what I want, but what you want, Father. So a sinless Jesus, God made flesh, paid for our sins. And that first Easter weekend was a wild three days. It, it seemed, crazily enough, that, that that enemy from the original garden was winning again. And Judas sells out Jesus and the soldiers come to arrest him. And Peter gets all bold and cuts off a guy's ear defending Jesus. And Jesus, in the midst of the most chaotic moment in history up to that point, kneels down touches the guy's ear, and his ear comes back. In the midst of all that, in the midst of everything chaotic happening, Jesus calms the moment and says, hey, this has to happen for that original rescue plan to come to pass. I have to go. It's okay. This is what we've all been waiting for because this is the joy that we knew before the beginning of time that we were excited to then one day enact, this has to happen for the joy set before me that the cross is going to bring on. Jesus knew that God's plan was the best. And there he is, three crosses, two criminals on either side of him. Hey, if you're really this Messiah guy, Jesus, if you're really this rescuer, get out and save me. One criminal still pointing the finger and blame shifting. And the other criminal knew something was different about this Jesus guy. So he sheepishly and beggingly from that cross asks, Jesus, is there any way that you could take me with you to heaven when we die? Of course I will. Today, you and I are going to be together in heaven always. Jesus went to the cross and died for that criminal and for me and for you. He bore our sins. He was beaten and bloodied and bruised because he loves you and it excited him to get you back. Jesus opened our way to heaven and eternity what sweet kindness, what selfless sacrifice. All for you. And long, long before anything that we know of in this universe was ever created, the Father, Son, and Spirit made this plan and they had it set and they knew when it was going to be enacted. They had fully planned Good Friday and Easter before the first thing was formed in our universe. And the cross was the only way to make us part of God's beautiful family again. At the cross, Satan struck Jesus and Jesus crushed his head. And Satan was like, uh-oh. I did not think that would happen. And when Jesus said, it is finished, that huge debt of sin that we could never pay in our entire lifetime was fully paid. And God will never require a blood sacrifice again. When Jesus died, that barrier between us and God was torn. And we had direct access to him, full relationship with him. 
We could be adopted as sons and daughters into a family. No name, we're given a last name. No mercy, we receive mercy. Because of the cross, because of the body given for us, because of the blood spilled for the forgiveness of all sin, we have oneness with God. We're free to enjoy absolute, unhindered relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was still dead on that Friday. Until he wasn't. And he rose again in the greatest comeback story ever. Death couldn't keep Jesus in the grave because he never sinned. Satan couldn't hold on to him because Jesus created him and booted him out of heaven forcibly in a, in a, in a split second. The earth quakes. The angels move the stone. The king walks out and the tomb is empty. The most famous tomb in the history of the world has no one in it. That's what we celebrate. And Jesus changes everything. Heaven in our hearts. All things made new. Imperfect us made perfect by the perfect one. And it's better now than ever before. And it only gets better as time rolls on towards eternity. Jesus' joy fills us now and forever. The good news we live in is the good news we get to give away to those who need it. The Holy Spirit in our hearts. The Holy Spirit turning us into the very image and likeness of Jesus. We are just like Jesus and we are being made just like Jesus. Jesus is alive and changes everything. So when we celebrate with communion... Every time, wherever you go and, and, and take communion, every single time as we take it, we are declaring God's rescue plan. That scandalous night when Jesus was betrayed, that horrific and brutal cross that is so spectacular in its victorious glory, we, we declare that. The body given so we can be whole and healed. The blood spilled so we can be forgiven of sins. At this time, I'm going to ask the elders to, to take their stations. And we'll go into communion in just a moment. Eating the bread and drinking the cup once again tells the empty tomb story the empty cross story it tells about the design and and the promise that god gave the the plan that unfolded without being stopped in any way by every effort of the enemy and mankind when we take communion the bible says that we are declaring all of that all that we celebrate at Christmas, all that we celebrate on Good Friday, all that we celebrate on Easter Sunday, we're declaring that every time we just eat the bread together and, and drink the cup in remembrance of the most amazing moment ever. We declare how Jesus finished it once and for all. No more trying to figure it out or be in good graces once and for all. In good graces forever. At the wonderful, tragic, mysterious cross, the grave, death itself, and the enemy, he lost. 
And we're forever washed white, washed clean, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. When John said, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, he was declaring what Jesus would do about three years later. So on that night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread with his best friends. They were sitting around. They didn't understand it like we get to understand it today. And he broke it. And he he took pieces of it. And as he was breaking it, they were just thinking he was just going to give them some bread. Which he was, but there was more to it. Because he was saying, my body is going to be beaten. I'm going to be bruised. They're going to whip me with the most horrific whip ever. It's going to take the flesh right off of me. It's going to expose my, my, my blood and my bones. And, and as it does, you're healed and you're healed and you're healed in your body, in your mind, and in your soul. You're healed because I'm doing this. So every time you eat it, remember what I did for you. And they were probably going, okay. We get to remember with the full story unveiled. So he took the, the bread and he gave thanks for it and he passed it around and, and they ate. And then Paul tells us, Jesus told me this story. I didn't meet him on planet Earth the first time. He told me this later. And he writes it down. And he says, when you, when you take it together, you're declaring the salvation plan, the rescue plan. And he took the cup that night. It was filled with wine. And he said, this red wine represents my blood that will be poured out for the forgiveness of every sin ever. So when you drink it, You remember you're forgiven. You don't earn anything. I earned it for you. You don't have to do anything other than love me. Love held me there and poured out my blood because I got you back. So every time you drink it, and he held that cup and he prayed and he thanked God. He said, you remember you're forgiven. Every every drop says you're forgiven. And they drank it. So Paul says, when you go and you take communion in a moment, there's three, tri- there's three tables up here, there's three in the middle, and there's two in the back. And if you can't uh, move too easily, you just sit where you are, raise your hand nice and high, and they'll bring you around some. But we're going to release you in a moment to go and take communion. Our elders and their, and their wives are here to, to pass out the communion to you, to you or, or help you to, uh, uh, you know, to make sure you, you, you get in line everything and They may say something to you, they may not. It's really your moment with your Savior, Jesus. And if you're a believer tonight, whether you go to this church or not, we want you to take communion. And if you're here tonight and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, he says, just like he said to the guy on the cross, yes. You want him? He says yes. You want heaven and eternity and forgiveness of sins and freedom and and your body healed and your mind healed and your soul healed. You say yes to the invitation that is, accept me because I've done everything and you're saved for all eternity. If you want that, you just say yes and and then take communion. And if you're not there yet, just enjoy 
the moment in here. But I want you all to stand right now. I'm going to pray for the communion. And you're going to go and take it. And then when you're all done, we're going to go and finish up with a couple of songs of worship. And again, remember, raise your hand if you need someone to bring it around. Pray with me. Or join me in prayer. Lord, I, I just, I thank you so much for, for the cross. I thank you for Good Friday. I thank you for the joy set before you. That, that you endured it all to rescue us and I thank you for the opportunity to take communion and to remember this most amazing moment in history. Your birth split AD and, and BC and, and, and your death changed everything 33 years later. Your resurrection brought us into victorious life and so we thank you for your body given for your blood spilled and for the opportunity to follow you into eternity. So would you bless every son and daughter who's, who's adopted into your family now. The, the reclamation of the original plan was Genesis 1 and 2 and, and you've done that and you're doing that. And we celebrate that right now. Thanking you for all that you've given and for loving us enough to rescue us all. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.